Nine, sorry, yeah, Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. <clears throat> thinking, you know, the Midianites, they looked like they had the upper hand there for quite a while, right? And, uh, um, you know, many times when people, they, they take advantage of others and they... They, they, they intimidate and uh, they oppress. You know, it does seem many times like, uh, like they get the upper hand. But uh, those, those types of uh, regimes, if you want to call them that, they never last. You know, they never last and, and they, they never have a good end. You know, the, the people that get in control by, you know, by beating others down and by intimidation, um, terrorizing the people, and so on, fear tactics. They never, uh, they never come to a good end themselves, it seems like. And that certainly was the way it was with the Midianites uh, here, as we're going to see a little more of the story of, uh, of Gideon. And I was thinking, you know, that when that test came down, when God willed it down to, you know, just uh, um, 300 plus uh, people there, um, he, uh, uh, you know, the, the, I was thinking about those two factors. The one test was, uh, if you're afraid, you know, go ahead and go, go on home now. And that got rid of, uh, you know, two thirds of them right there. Um, and then I, I thought, I thought of these two going together, you know, the other one was if, if they, if they picked up the water in, you know, in their hands and still kept vigilant, they weren't complacent. And I was thinking, you know, if, if, someone, if someone's unafraid, but, you know, they're the type to kind of, well, I'm not afraid of anything, but they, then, then they're, they're not vigilant. If they don't have, you know, uh, if they're not work, walking circumspectly, well, the devil's going to eat their lunch, right? Because they're not afraid, but yet they're not alert. They're complacent, right? But then let's say somebody was, was always alert, but they lived in fear. Then that person's going to be defeated as well, right? Because they are, they're, they're always going to be looking in a skittish way. They're always worrying. They're always fretting. Do Christians ever do that? Christians ever live that way? You know, they're alert, but, they're, but they're, they're afraid all the time. And the reason why they're alert is because they're worrying. Because they're, they're, they're thinking about, uh, you know, um, what's going to happen to hurt them or to uh, make them fail or to, um, you know, damage them in some way. And so they, they just live a, they live a fretful life. We need to, as Christians, obviously, not live a fretful life. The Bible says... Don't be full of care. Don't be careful for anything. But instead, you know, where to put those cares upon the Lord. But at the same time, um, you know, we can be defeated by, by fear as well. We can, be, we can be defeated by worry. We can be defeated by fear. And so it is interesting that those are the two, you know, categories that God wanted to kind of strip away from the ones that he wanted to really use you know, to, to, uh, to get that ground and, and to...
to, to fight his battle. And so I think it is the same today, you know, I believe that there's just an illustration that he chose to put in that story there, because it is a very unique story. Um, and it's the same today that, that, that God, I think, is looking for those that don't have the spirit of fear, right? Um, but also are, are walking circumspectly, are, are sober, are vigilant, because we do realize that we have, we have an adversary. And uh, so I thought that, that was a... That was some good thoughts to, to, to just come back to um, there. All right. Um, also, if we, if, we live, if we live in a complacent manner, you know, it's almost like those guys that, those guys that they picked up the water and they were looking at the same time, they had, a, they had an expectation of something. Right? They, they were living in anticipation that... Some things were going to happen. Um, the ones that, that just put their heads down there and they, were, they, they weren't even thinking about, you know, that's kind of like the Christian who really isn't expecting a whole lot to be going on. Right? They're just kind of buried in what they're doing at the moment and they're not alert to, to, to dangers, but they're also not alert to what God might be doing. Um, I often think of that, that, that verse when Jesus said, he, he said, I'm going to build my church. You know, upon the truth of what Peter just said there, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, if you think about that statement, we can really proceed with expectation and anticipation on those types of promises. Right? We don't have to be fear, uh, fearful. We don't have to live in fear because, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to continue to do that. And also, we're going to be alert in anticipating what he's doing. What is Jesus doing to build right now? You know, are, you, are, you, are you alert and, and aware uh, to see, you know, and, and to live in an expectant, um, even with anticipation of what he's doing? And uh, so, I don't know, there's always a lot of illustrations you can take from these stories, but I was encouraged by those thoughts this week as I, as I kind of, you know, reviewed, and I thought they might be encouraging uh, to you as well. Um, and so they leave the unafraid and, and, uh, and the complacent uh, behind when it came to going, going into battle, at least. Let's pick, it up, uh, let's pick it up in verses 7 to 15 of chapter 7. Of chapter 7, actually. And this, this part really encouraged me as well. I'll have a word of prayer and we'll look at a couple things here. Uh, this section encouraged me a lot, and, and, uh, and, and I want to pass some of that on to you tonight. Let's pray. Lord, just help me now as I speak for just a few minutes. Lord, encourage my brothers and sisters here. Please give them a special blessing for making the effort to come out in the middle of the week here. We've already been encouraged by the songs and, and uh, you know, the, 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 by just being able to rejoice in you, Lord. And, and uh, thank you for uh, kind of the... Uh, the theme that we saw there of, of your love and, and, uh, and, and the joy that we can have uh, in you. And Lord, I pray now as we look at your word that we would uh, just be blessed by just getting some, some nuggets of truth that will sustain us uh, throughout the remainder of this week and in the days to come and help us in the, uh, um, in the daily uh, battles in which we find ourselves. And uh, Lord, you have ground for us to claim and to um, things to accomplish. We want to do it by your grace and for your uh, cause. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
So if we pick it up there in verse, uh, in verse 7, uh, Judges 7, verse 7, it says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men that lat will I save you. And I said 300 plus. Well, you know, there was Gideon. There was, was there too, right? Um, <clears throat> and deliver the Midianites into thy hand, and let all the other people go every man unto his place. Now, I'm sure that, that uh, if I was Gideon, I'd have kind of some mixed, some, you know, I'd be conflicted a little bit there. On the one hand, I'd be thinking, man, are you kidding me? 300 against over 100,000? People who, you know, uh, uh, fighting people of ill intent <laughs> towards us? Um, but on the other hand, I'd be taking great heart in the fact that God has given such a specific uh, word here, right? He says, um, I will save you. What a great phrase. I will save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. Now, it doesn't look good. And it's overwhelming odds. But God does say there, I, I will deliver. I will deliver. And, uh, and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. Let, let them go home. I'm going to take care of this for you. So the people took victuals in their hands and their, and their, and their trumpets, and they sent all the rest um, of Israel, every man unto his tent, and retained those 300 men, and the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise. Now this is, this is what encourages me especially here. Certainly God's word and, and his promises, that's... Ultimately, that's what we've got to rest on right there. We're not always going to get what happens next. This isn't always going to be the case. But more often than not, I, I do believe that God understands our makeup and our, you know, the fragility of our faith, I guess. Uh, and and there, there, are, there are many times when he does do this sort of thing. Maybe not quite as dramatic as this, but the same spirit of it. Um, and so let's see what happens here. It says, and... Uh, so the Lord said, Arise and get down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Fura thy servant down to the host. And thou shalt uh, hear what they say, and after, afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. So, you know, there are times when it's not that you don't believe God. It's not like you're saying, you know, I'm questioning your integrity, Lord, but... You have to admit, you're still apprehensive. There's still some fear there. And I think God sees that, and he, know, he knows the heart of Gideon. He knows that Gideon is committed to this. He knows that Gideon is believing God, but yet he's still struggling. And so God says, look, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something special for you right now, Gideon. Okay? Go down there, and go, go, go down to where the host is. And so in verse 11, the middle, it says, Then he went down. With Fiora's servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. It goes right down there to the edge of the, the, uh, the, the, the military camp of the Midianites. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for the multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. So you say, oh, you know, this is interesting. I mean, Gideon is just like at the right, happens to be at the right place at the right time to overhear this. And said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread 
tumbled under the host of Midian. So this giant loaf of bread <laughs> is the, the guy's dream. Eh, you know, I mean, you've had some strange dreams too, right? This guy's having a who knows what he ate, but he had this dream that, uh, you know, this big old loaf of bread is coming onto the, the camp there. Kind of amusing to think of. Tumbled onto the host of Midian, came under a, a tent and smote it that it fell. It rolled down to the camp and like, you know, plowed right over this one tent, flattened it by this giant loaf of bread. And overturned it that the tent lay along. I would hate it if I was camping and that happened to me. You know, this giant loaf of bread just came and <laughs> plastered my tent. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash. And so he's saying, you know, I, I, I feel like there's some significance to this. Like this dream I had of a, of, of a tent being, being, you know, plowed over by this loaf of bread. I think this has something to do with, with the sword of Gideon. Um, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned unto the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Now, God had already said that he had. And that should have been enough right there. Right? I mean, that's really what we need to rest on is, is God's word. You know, Jesus didn't seem to appreciate people that are always looking for a sign. You know, they're always looking for a sign. And it's kind of the same today. I mean, I talk to people, you know, quite a bit that are they're looking for some sort of, you know, something spooky. Something kind of like hocus pocus, some sort of, you know. And this one guy actually told me that, that he, he, had the dream, he had a dream of, of, of Jesus crying and that, that's how he finally came to believe in, in Jesus. Well, you know, if God really gave him that dream, I guess, I guess that's, that's fine. But, you know, this is what, this is what God's going to primarily, primarily use to bring conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to use his word, the sword of the Spirit. And, and, and when we have it from God's word, you know, that, that should be the bedrock on which we put our belief and our faith. But I do believe that God sees us, especially when we're in a, in a, in a position, maybe a, 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 an especially precarious or vulnerable position. A time when we're especially struggling. A time when there's a particular battle to be fought in our life. I do believe, and I've seen this in my own life, that God does at times give us a little extra boost. You know, maybe somebody just coming along and saying a particular word just at the right time, in the right place. You know, it's almost like, I think that Gideon was encouraged just as much that, you know, the timing of it all, probably, as much as what the guy said. Now, what the guy said was remarkable. I had this dream, and, uh, you know, and then he describes the dream, and, and, and I feel like it's an omen. <laughs> um, God has delivered us into, you know, Gideon's hand. And, and so, uh, you know, Gideon didn't believe in omens, but he did believe in confirmation and encouragement from the Lord. And how many times has God done that for you, if you think of it? Just brought you, you know, just particular encouragement. I can't tell you how many times, and this, this isn't to be sensational or to, you know, boo-hoo in any way. But there, there has been a number of times, just humanly speaking, that I've gotten a little discouraged with a situation. You know, even in relation to church. And it seems like... Just about that time, there'll be one, two, or three, or even more. You know, God will send 
some, somebody in particular just to give a word that so fits the situation or, or that, you know, and in my, you know, in, in the weakness of my flesh really helped me a lot right at that moment. Does that make sense? You know, it just, it just happens so, so often and God's so gracious that way. And when I think of it, you know, I shouldn't have been in that place. I had no reason really to be discouraged when I think of the goodness of God and His mercy and, and His power and everything, all the resources that I have, everything I have in Christ. But when God sees me at that point, you know, I rarely feel like He, he rebukes me or, you know, makes me feel like He's kicking me to the curb or anything like that. If anything, I always feel like He does something extra special to help me get my spirits back to where they need to be. And that's very good of him. He doesn't need to do that. God's not obligated to do that for us, right? And uh, if I were to go around here tonight, I'd probably hear some stories from you as to how God has personally chosen, you know. I bet Kathy would have a few stories. Uh, how God has personally cho chosen to encourage us in certain situations, just at the right time, you know, the right, the, right, the right thing that he knew that we needed. And if we look at it, you know, we might say, wow, what a coincidence that that happened right then. But Gideon, he knew better than I think that was a coincidence, right? And God had led him there and had given him that special encouragement. And at that point, I love what he says, you know. Um, he says there, uh, and the fellow answered, oh, okay, in verse 15, and, and, and it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped. He said, oh, Lord, I see you in a fresh way. Oh, Lord, you're, you're so awesome. Oh, you're so good. You're so merciful. You're so gracious to me. Lord. I don't deserve it. I, I, I give glory to you. He worshipped him. Not exactly what that looked like, but maybe something like that. And returned into the host of Israel. Got back to that place and said, arise. <laughs> because that's where he was, right? For the Lord has delivered into your hand uh, the host of Midian. And uh, so next week we're going to look at, uh, at this, this, this very unique battle plan. And, you know, God didn't give him the battle plan at this point. I don't see that. He, he, I think he probably brought it to his mind. But we don't see here that God came up. Because I, I, I kind of was, was thinking of it that way, you know, that God told them to do that in particular with the, 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 you know, the trumpets and the, the lamps and, and breaking those, the, the clay pots and everything. But we don't see that he gets those specific instructions. And so it is interesting that, that Gideon came up with that battle plan. And you know, that tells me that even though we have the promises of God, that God is going to do some things, he still expects for us to, you know, to take initiative and, to, and to, uh, to come up with a plan. And um, as we do that, you know, we're participating with him. And we want God, uh, obviously, to, to have his blessing on what we, what we do and what we plan. So, throughout the, uh, the year, you know, we try to have a plan here. We have a theme, we have a plan, we plan some things. Um, it's all going to come to naught unless, unless God is in it. But at the same time, you know, we do feel like God has called us here. He's building His church, and He wants us to take initiative to do, you know, to do things as He leads us to, and to get excited about that, kind of like Gideon, right? Um, arise, let's get it done. <laughs> The time is short, and, uh, and so uh, be encouraged uh, tonight, uh, you know, Christian. Um, God's working. He loves you, and uh, He knows your needs. He knows your needs. So, all right, let's pray.
Lord, I thank you for 